so let's go ahead and get started. We're in our Tough as Nails series. We've been talking over the last several weeks about some attributes of Jesus that can help us to be uh, tough, to, to understand that we all are going to go through hard moments. We're all going to go through hard times. We're all going to go through times in our lives and seasons of our lives where really we're going to kind of have to toughen up a little bit. Jesus showed us these things. Jesus lived these things out. And so we need to understand that because he got through them, because he was able to do that, we can do it too. I love the scripture that says the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives in us. And so I, I would have to say one of the toughest things that anyone has ever done is raised from the dead. And so if Jesus could do that, everything that we face, we can, we can conquer, we can get through, we can make it through because Jesus did that. And so again, with this to be an encouraging time, an encouraging season, even though there may be a hard season you're going through, because the bottom line is, is no matter how hard it gets, if you have Jesus, you're tough enough. So every single one of us who's got Jesus with us, living in us, working through us, we can get through these things. We can make it through, especially when we take some of these attributes that Jesus had and apply them in our lives. So before we get into this week's attribute, let's go ahead and pray. Father, we love you and we thank you for this time. Father, we thank you for the opportunity to come together and, and, and look at these things as, as you give us wisdom, as you give us clarity, as you help us understand. Father, I pray you'd speak through me. Excuse me, during this moment. We love you and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So if you've been here over the last couple of weeks or, or been online with us, you know that we kind of have this kind of trend that we've been doing and following it. The first point every week has kind of been the same with, with a different attribute. It's kind of been almost one word that we focused in on. So this week what we're going to be talking about is this. When the going gets tough, the tough learn to love. The tough learn to love. Now listen, I know it's really easy right now to go, you know what, Aaron, I have been in church for the last 180 plus years. I've heard enough about love. I'm going to turn myself off and start thinking about the fireworks that are going to come this evening. I want to challenge you not to do that. Because I truly believe that this is one of those things that unfortunately is, has kind of, is kind of been in the world and now has become to seep into the church in such a way, and it's been so subtle and so hard to see, that we've kind of become oblivious to it. And I feel like as a culture, as a church, as, as, as an individual church, if we can get back to really loving the way Jesus has shown us, it will change our church, our families, our community, our workplaces, our schools, everything. Here's the thing. When we love the way Jesus loved, anything that love touches, it changes everything. Okay? It changes everything. And so we want to take an opportunity to do that because the bottom line is, is we have a very, very poor understanding of what love really is. We have, we have allowed things to kind of come in and become, just kind of pollute our idea of love, what love is, what Christ shows us love to be, what God expresses love to be, both in us and through us. And it's time that we understand that. Because, and this is in your notes, because the problem is our culture is in love with an easy version of love. 
Our culture is in love with an easy version of love. I said at the beginning, when the going gets tough, the tough learn to love. Here's the bottom line. In our culture today, when the going gets tough, the, the weak learn to just love something or someone else. There isn't a loyalty. There isn't a desire. There isn't a, when things get tough, instead of saying, we're going to push through, we're going to make it through, we're going to go through this together, it becomes instead, you know what? This is just too tough. This is just too hard. I don't have the time for this. I don't like this. We really have a love in our world today that is a very selfish love, a very self-serving love. It's an easy love. And it's, again, the problem is, is we throw around that word so much. We love tacos. We love the 4th of July. We love Christmas. We love a sports team. We love, we love, we love, we love, we love, but really we don't really understand what it is. It's an easy form of love. It's an easy form of love. And so we have to understand that that really is not a biblical understanding of love. We need to kind of understand that, you know what, in that area or in that thing, we really, really like those things. But love is something deeper. We're going to look at that a little bit more this morning. We want to look and see Jesus express to us, show us what type of love you desire for your people to have. What type of love that you desire for us to live out. Because you know what? You think about our world today. You think about, unfortunately, our churches today. You talk about families today. You talk about a lot of these areas. You know one thing that is just absent? Real godly love. It becomes an easy love. I'll love you as long as you can give me what I want. I'll love you as long as I get something in return. But that's the problem. That's not what tough love is. Now listen, I know when you hear that term, you go, oh, oh I'm, I'm giving them some tough love. Here's, here's the earthly definition of tough love, okay? I get to be mean to you in the name of love. I get to say the things I want to say to you. Oh, but it's loving. I love you. I basically, it's, it's kind of like this. It's going to make it easy. It's basically, I love you so much, I can be mean to you and tell you the things that I really want to tell you about yourself. But the problem is, even that is not a biblical concept of love. That's a self-serving love. That's a love that says, I want to tell you how I feel. So when I talk about tough love, I'm not talking about that type of love. I'm talking about love that is tough. Because here's the bottom line. If we are to love like God loves, if we're to love how Jesus shows us to do, it is going to be literally one of the hardest things you will ever have to do. I just, in a couple weeks ago, I was gone in June, and I was performing a wedding, and we'd gone through uh, marriage counseling and all these things, and I'm kind of one of these guys that does premarital counseling, and I'm serious. I mean, I'm like, get ready, man, because this, yeah, you're going to have about six months, and oh boy, there's going to be birds a-singing, and there's going to be flowers a-blooming, it's going to be great, and then all of a sudden, real life is going to go whack, and all of a sudden, it's going to be the hardest thing you've ever had to do. It was so funny, after the wedding was over, I literally had people come up to me saying, boy, I really enjoyed the, uh, the, 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 the ceremony, that was great, and, and uh, you really kind of were honest with them, weren't you? And I'm like, well, yeah, because I looked at him, I said, this is going to be the hardest thing you're ever going to have to do. I looked at the groom, and I said, what you're about to partake in is the most difficult, hardest job you will ever have. But then I continued, and I said, but it's worth it, but it's worth it. 
You see, loving the way God wants us to love is the hardest, one of the hardest things you're going to ever have to do. But I trust me, it is worth it. And we need to understand that. So tough love isn't this excuse to be mean. It's that love that's hard to live out. But Jesus will help us. Jesus will help us do those things. Because the bottom line is this. Tough love is not about what I can get in return. It is about what I can give. We don't live in a world like that, do we? Honestly, if you stop and you look at the way you love, the way sometimes I, in the way I look at myself, the way I love, I kind of love in that way. It's kind of like, I love you, but I love you to a degree on what you can give me, what I can get out of the deal, how you make me feel about myself. Godly love, this tough love, is a love that says, you know what, it doesn't matter if I get nothing in return, I will love you anyway. And it's a giving, and it's a giving, and it's a giving. It's not about what we get. I want to look at a quick story that Jesus shows us this type of love and kind of, and, and kind of brings it out in one quick couple of verses that I think is so important that we look at. We're going to be in Matthew 27. I want to look at this attribute that Jesus gives to us. Matthew 27, starting with verse number 15. I want to give you a little context. Jesus at this point has been arrested, and now he's standing in front of basically the Roman governor Pilate to figure out what's going to happen to him. Is he going to be set free, or is he going to be crucified? What's going to take place with Jesus basically is where we're at. So Matthew 27, starting with verse number 15, this is what it says. Now, it was the governor's custom each year during the Passover celebration to release one prisoner to the crowd, anyone they wanted. Remember that, okay? So at this point in time, Pilate has an option. He has an out here, okay? To give you a little more context, Pilate's looked at Jesus like, man, there's nothing wrong with this guy. He hasn't done anything wrong. He's trying to find an out to get out of this. And so he comes up with this idea. Okay, they can, we can release this prisoner. Let's continue. This year, oh, well, back one more, Monica. I didn't quite get there. Thank you. This year, there was a notorious prisoner, a man named Barabbas. As the crowd gathered before Pilate's house that morning, he asked them, Pilate asks, which one do you want me to release to you? Barabbas or Jesus, who is called the Messiah? So in this situation, here it is. They brought out. Pilate is there. He's before the crowd. He's saying, listen, I'm going to release one of these guys. It's my custom. It's kind of my goodwill offering to you as a people. Who do you want? This notorious prisoner, this notorious man. Another, um, other portions of scripture, when, we t- when they talk about this, they, they call Barabbas a murderer, a, a guy that was a rebel that was causing problems and issues. This is not a good guy. This is not the guy you want living next to you in your neighborhood. And so he says, who do you want? Let's continue on with the story. Matthew 27, now I'll pick it up at verse 20. Meanwhile, the leading priests and the elders persuaded the crowd to ask for Barabbas, Barabbas to be released and for Jesus to be put to death. Now let's stop and understand what this just told us. This tells us that Barabbas is not in jail for a couple of weeks or a couple of months. Barabbas is there waiting to also be crucified. He is going to be killed for his crimes. So what we've done here in some ways is Pilate has said, listen, you want to crucify this guy? This guy is going to get crucified. We'll switch here. How do you want to handle this? But they convinced the crowd to ask for Barabbas and to put Jesus to, to death. So the governor asked again, 
Which one of these two do you want me to release to you? The crowd shouted back, Barabbas. Pilate responded, Then what shall I do with Jesus who is called the Messiah? They shout back, Crucify him. Jumping down to verse 26, So Pilate released Barabbas to them. He ordered Jesus flogged with a lead-tipped whip, then turned him over to the Roman soldiers to be crucified. Now let's break this down and make it real simple. You realize who we are in this story, right? We're Barabbas. I mean, that's, that's fairly easy to see. But you know what's interesting to me? You don't see something interesting. I looked, this, is, this story or a portion of this story is in all four Gospels. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. It's in each of them. What's interesting, in none of them, at any point, does it say the words, and Jesus said. He's silent. He says nothing. Now, I want you to stop, and I want you to think. Like, I bring you up here, and we go out to the prison yard, and we find somebody that's done some pretty horrible things, and we bring them up here and stand one here, and we bring you up, and you stand here, and I stand up here, and I go, listen, somehow, miraculously, I have the power to spare this man's life or to crucify you. What, what are you going to be? How many of you, come? we just be honest, because the answer is none of us would sit there and go, We'd speak up. We'd say, wait, wait just a minute. I haven't done anything wrong. I haven't done the things this person's done. I haven't lived the way this person's lived. I'm not perfect, but I haven't done these things. Jesus is silent. And remember, Jesus is sinless. He can literally say, I haven't done anything. And he's quiet. And what happens? The crowd yells. Listen, the same, some of the same people that before yell out, Hosanna, yell out, crucify him. And here's the scary thing. Jesus knew who they were. Can you imagine the hurt that Jesus would have felt from that? All this, his disciples are gone. They've rejected him. Judas has betrayed him with a kiss at this point in time. And now the crowd looking at the options. I mean, you want to talk about a stark difference. And they yell, crucify him. You go, Aaron, I, I just don't know if I can love. Aaron, I just, I, that person has done too much to me. And look, I'm not trying to belittle your pain. I'm not trying to belittle those things. But you know what? Listen, hear me here. That's what tough love is. Where Jesus says, I will lay down my life for this guy. You realize he did that, right? He was not only laying down his life for all of us, which he was, but he was literally in that moment exchanging his life for Barabbas's. That is the type of tough love that Jesus shows us. Look in Romans 5, 8. But God demonstrated his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. I love that verse. Why do I love it so much? Simple. 
Because what it shows is something profound. It shows that basically Jesus said, I love you, I'll die for you, even in your sin, even in your mess, even in all your issues. It doesn't matter, I will give myself to you. God didn't sit there on back on the throne and say, listen, when you come to me and you do all the things that are right, if you stand on your head and you do a twirly twirl and do the, the you know all these things, then I will love you, then I will die for you, then I will do these things. Christ died for us, and it demonstrated God's love. It demonstrated it. It showed us. You see, we need to abandon an easy version of love and trade it for a tough love. Trade it for a love that Christ shows us. And look at this. This is important. Look at John 13. In John 13, we kind of backtrack a little bit. This is obviously before Jesus is in that moment with Barabbas, but this is what Jesus says. So now I am giving you a new commandment. Listen, I want you to do me a favor. If you have a a, a regular old-fashioned paper Bible, that's a weird way to put it, or you have electronic and you can highlight or under, I want you to highlight or under the word commandment. Okay? commandment. Listen to what Jesus is telling us is a commandment. Love each other. Just as I have loved you, you should love each other. Now let's stop here. What did Jesus just communicate? He just showed us the type of love we're to have. He doesn't just say love each other the way you want to love each other. You see, that's what we have in our world today. We have a group of people, or even ourselves at times, who think that we get the right to define what love is. That's where we get into trouble. You see, God in his wisdom didn't just say to love. He said you are to love just as I have loved you. Let's take a five-minute jump back. What's that mean? Simple. When Jesus is sitting there and he's silent, when the crowd is yelling out and he says nothing, when he has every right to defend himself, that is the type of love that Jesus wants us to have. That is that tough love that is so difficult. That is a love that Jesus continues on. Your love for one another, when you love that way, will prove to the world that you are my disciples. That is what will prove it. That type of love. Unfortunately for some of us and for kind of the church, let's just talk about the church for a second. Let's talk about Christians for a second. We go, we go well, I, I love. Why, why hasn't the world seen my love? It's simple. It's because it's your love and not Jesus's love. It's unfortunately, if we're just honest with ourselves, it's an easy love. It's not God's tough love. It's real simple, guys. Sometimes we make this so hard. If the world sees you and sees the way you love your wife, your your husband, your kids, your boss, your employees, the person that serves you at Applebee's, whoever it is, and that love causes them to do this, huh, now you're on the right track. Okay? Okay? I love how God does this. Sometimes, like I said, we make this so difficult. Jesus has, in this one verse, commanded us to love, shown us through his life what that love looks like, and then finally shown us the proof or the fruit that that type of love will bring out. Now look, I'm not the sharpest knife in the drawer, so I like this because this is easy to catch. 
and extremely, extremely hard to do. But if Jesus can do it, and if Jesus can live it, we can do the same. So before we continue on, as we kind of look at this, I want to look at a couple of Bible verses that show us this tough love. I want to expound on this just a little bit more, because again, it's so important. Let's look at 1 Peter 4.8. In 1 Peter 4.8, this is what he says, most important of all, not, not, it's not least, this matters, this is big, continue to show deep love for each other. Now let's stop there for a second, okay? Let's, let's do a, a simple understanding. If Peter here is telling them to continue in deep love, what does that mean? Simple. There's also a shallow love. What we're talking about today is, is the kind of the same idea. This deep love is that tough love that God has and desires for us to live in. That shallow love is that easy love. Listen to what it says. So that deep love for each other. For love, and again, he's specifically talking about that deep love, covers a multitude of sins. It covers. Listen, this is in your notes. You need to understand this. Again, this will help us to understand and identify where we are at. Shallow love exposes while deep love covers and protects. Think about the kind of world we live in. You know what we want to do? We want to expose everything. We want everything to come to light. We want everything to be exposed. It's that shallow love. It's that... It's that I, I, want, I, 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 I want this person to be teared down a little bit. They think they're too this or too that or, or too many people think they're wonderful. So it's my job to, to bring them down to earth. It's, it's, you know what? Here, here's the thing. You think about our world and you think about most relationships. You know the person that probably knows you the best is probably your spouse. You know what I mean? Emily probably knows me better than anyone. I know her better than anyone. What does that mean? It's quite simple. I know some of the things that aren't so pretty. And there's like three of them. Now, she knows the things about me that aren't so pretty, and there are 300 of them, okay? But here's what we've learned. Emily doesn't come up and say, hey, listen, let's talk about all the things wrong with Aaron. Listen, can I, can I just be real honest with you? It, it angers me. It frustrates me. It gets me really, really upset when I hear about men getting together and bashing their wives or women getting together and bashing their husband. Shame on you. Shame on you. God put you in that relationship to protect. Shame on you. What are you showing in that moment? It's simple. You're showing a shallow love. When Christ says, no, a deep love. Listen, Emily could get up here and in five minutes make you think I'm the worst person on this planet and she'd be right on every single one of them. But she covers, she protects. You go, well, but you don't know my husband. You don't know my wife. You don't know my kids. Well, let's, let's break it down and make it real simple, okay? Because who knows you better than anybody is Jesus. Aren't you thankful? I sure am. That Jesus loves us with a deep love because he knows it all. Every thought, every spoken word, and yet what does Christ's love do for you and me? It covers our sin. It covers it. Is that easy to do sometimes? No, it's not. 
but it's something that we can look at to see. Another one. Let's look at 1 John 3. 1 John 3, 14 through 16. It says, if we love our brothers and sisters who are believers, it proves that we have passed from life to death. I told you these are some hard. These are not easy ones. But a person who has no love is still dead. John's coming strong. Anyone who hates another brother or sister is really a murderer at heart. And you know that murderers don't have eternal life within them. Let's continue verse 16. We know what real love is. Stop. What's John saying? Just like Peter. If there's a real love, there's a fake love. If there's a tough love, there's a shallow love. Look what John helps us see. We know what real love is because Jesus gave up his life for us. So that would be great if it stopped there, wouldn't it? But he goes one step further. So we also ought to give up our lives for our brothers and sisters. What is John saying here? Is, 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 is he basically communicating, oh, you know, like physical death? Or, or I think he's, he's basically saying, listen, what in you are you willing to let die to help something else and someone else live? And we go, well, I can do that with my husband or wife. I can do that with my kids. John here is saying something interesting. He's saying all brothers and sisters. Don't look around because I know the answer sometimes isn't necessarily a good one. But these people in this room that are believers, are you willing to let things in you die so things in them can live? That's what this type of love is. This is that tough love. You see earlier when I said, listen, don't turn me off when it comes to love. This is why. Because this is the type of love that Jesus showed us. This is the example that we have that's hard. One other one, John 15, 9 through 10. It says this, I have loved you even as the Father has loved me. Jesus is speaking here. Remain in my love. That's a commandment, okay? Remain in my love. And then Jesus continues in verse 10. We need verse 10. How do we do that? How do we remain? When you obey my commandments... You remain in my love just as I obey my Father's commandments and remain in His love. You go, Aaron, listen, this is some tough stuff. This is some love that's hard. How do we do this? Real simple. You obey God. You will do what He says. And you remain in it. And what's so interesting here is Jesus could have left it at that and that would have been great. Jesus takes it one step further. He says, how do you think that I have remained in my Father's love? Jesus here is saying, listen, if I can do this and if I need to do this, how much more do we need to do it? So how do we do that? We obey. We listen. You know what? That's hard. We don't want to do what God wants us to do all the time anymore. We don't like it. It doesn't fit into our lifestyle or how we want to live or what we want to do in that moment. So instead of actually being obedient to God and remaining in that love, we tend to go off on our own. And when we do that, we cause issues for ourselves and others. These are some hard verses. Usually when we talk about love, it's all flowery and, 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 and it's got a, ooh, la, 
la, la, birds are singing, all these sort of things. And this is like God's like going, no, this is what love is. I mean, and listen, I'm not even taking you to 1 Corinthians 13 this morning. But these are the things that tough love is. Listen, when we go through hard moments, and here also, this is also great, when, when others go through hard moments, hard seasons, you know what I think one of the biggest things that can make a difference in our lives and in the lives of others if we truly love them the way God did. And God, excuse me, and that God does is the better way to say it. So let's look at this. Let's, let's break this down. Let's kind of give us some application. Let's look at three attributes of God's tough love that we need in our love. Now listen, we could have gone till the fireworks were shooting off tonight. I've narrowed it down to three. Because I think these are important that we need to get in our world today and in our understanding today. So listen, I know it can be so big. And sometimes you can just kind of feel like it's just being piled on. Let's start with three. Let's let Jesus focus on these three. When we can get these three, listen, it'll change everything. And then we can move on from there. But let's look at these three. Number one, God's tough love is sacrificial. Sacrificial. Look at 1 John 4, 9 through 10. In 1 John 4, 9 through 10, this is what it says. God showed how much he loved us by sending his one and only son into the world so that we might have eternal life through him. This is, again, real love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. Look at John 15, 13. There is no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friends. Listen, this idea of sacrifice is simple. It's basic. Listen, you got to understand the mindset of the people that this was written to. They understood what sacrifice was. We tend to use that word, but, but in their context and their understanding, it was this. You take something of great value that you care about, love, and cherish. You take it, and in most cases, you would place it on an altar and you would take your hands off of it because then it would burn away to nothing. You don't, a sacrifice is not something you place, walk away, and then go take it back up again when it's convenient for you. We don't love this way. We love in a way that says this, I will sacrifice in this moment to get what I want, but as soon as you can't give me what I want anymore, then I'm going to go get my present and I'm going to take it back home and, and on you. That's not what sacrificial loving is. When you place something as a sacrifice, you are letting go of it. You are saying, I am giving you this because you matter more than I matter. Jesus laid down his life for you and me. It was a sacrificial love. Sometimes we do that. We need to do it more. We need to do it more. And again, a sacrifice isn't given for something in return. It's given because of the great love that the person giving it away has for those that are receiving it. Number two, God's tough love is unfailing. It's unfailing. Look at Jeremiah 31, 3b. It says this, I have loved you, my people, with an everlasting love. With unfailing love, I have drawn you to myself. 
I love those words. Unfailing, everlasting. That is the type of tough love that God has given us. Listen, he doesn't say, I am giving you this love when you do what I want and you obey my commandments. That's how we stay in God's love, but that's not why God offers it. It's not contingent on those things. God says, I'm giving it to you. Listen, there is an unfailing love of God that we need to get a hold of as a people. Because we tend to do this. But God, I've done this. But God, I've done that. God, I haven't said the right things, done the right things. I've, I've, I've done horrible, horrible things. God's love is unfailing. God's love is for you. God's love is there no matter what you have done. When you reach out for God, God's love will reach out for you and grab a hold of you and pull you close. Look at Lamentations 3, 22 through 23. I love this verse. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. I had somebody say, oh, oh, isn't it wonderful? Every morning God's mercies are new. And I said, you need to understand something about this portion of scripture. This is not to get you to think that if I can just make it till the morning, then I get new mercies. This was the author's way of communicating in a poetic way this understanding that is so deep. Listen, here's what's so beautiful, because I've had people come to me and go, you know, the darkness is now, the darkness is in the night, but if I could just make it to the morning, I say, no, you need to understand those faithfulness, that unsteadfast love, all those things are available for you right now, even if it's in the middle of the night. Whether that's normal middle of the night, like 3 a.m., or in the middle of the night when it comes to your situation and your circumstances. His mercies are new. His love is everlasting. It's unfailing. No matter what you've done, no matter what you've been through. Listen, we need to have that type of love for each other. That love that says, you know what? I'm going to love you no matter what. You say, well, I, well you, you did the wrong thing. You hurt me. You... God's tough love, hear me here. God's tough love is a love that says, no matter what, I love you. I love you. Now, listen, I want you to look at something. I want you to hear something here. Because as I was looking at this and I was studying this, I could have put something here that was different, and I chose not to. I could have put God's tough love is, instead of unfailing, it's unconditional and I don't like that word, and here's why. God's love, it, it, it sounds good, okay? But there are conditions to God's love, okay? There are conditions to God's love. We need to understand that. Now, will God's love ever end? No, it'll go on, and he'll continue to love us, okay? But we need to kind of step away a little bit from that unconditionalness, and that's why I use the, use the word unfailing. Listen, I want an unfailing failing love because I know that no matter what because here's the thing I trust God that if he says it won't fail it won't fail it will not fail me okay so we need to understand that unfailing love number three the last one God's tough love is life giving it's life giving look at Ephesians 2 4 through 5 this is what it says but God is so rich in mercy 
And He loved us so much that even though we were dead because of our sins, He gave us life which, when He raised Christ from the dead. Here's the thing about God's tough love. God's tough love literally brings forth life into us. It started with becoming, you know, the new creation when Christ died for us and, and was willing. You know, that, that obviously is life. But here's what's awesome about God's tough love. God's tough love is designed and in, our, in our lives to continue to bring life to us. To continue to bring life in our hearts and in our actions and in how we treat others. God's love is not a one-time booster shot that you get. Okay, got God's love, I'm good to go. No, it's a constant thing that is constantly putting life in us. I'm going to go to the medical field if this will help you. It's an IV. There's a difference between getting a booster shot. It goes, it's in, you're done. And it's in an IV that is a drip that is constantly pumping life into you. God's love is that IV. It's that concept, you know, you know, you ever been to the hospital and you got the people that are walking down the hall and they got the little, the little you know, cart, not the cart, the little stand, and they're walking. Why? Why are they? Because they're connected. They're connected to the IV. If, if, they, if they leave it and walk away, guess what happens? Not fun things happen to the arm at that particular moment. Things fall down. Things get ripped out. There is pain that takes place. Listen, some of us, when we go through hard moments and hard times, what we think because of what we're dealing with, we think that God's love has failed us. We think that God's love really wasn't sacrificial. We don't think that God's love is life-giving. So what we do is we tend to try to walk away from the life-giving source that God's love is. And trust me, it just brings more pain. It brings more confusion. It brings more hurt. Some of us need to start living our lives in that way where we're kind of like the person in the hospital. We got God's love and we're walking around with it and we're going, this is what I needed. This is what I ex experienced. Listen, I've had people say, I don't like Christianity. Why not? Christianity is a crutch. And I say, yes, it is. Hallelujah. Because I can't get through this world on my own. This world's hard. You want to call God's love a crutch? Call it a crutch all you want. I'll sit on that crutch from now to all eternity. I need it. I want it. It gives me life. It breathes life into me. Not just, listen, not just in that first moment where we accept Jesus and we go from death to life, but it is constantly pumping into me. Listen, if you're having a hard time loving others, there may be a reason. It may be just as simple as you've disconnected from the life-giving love that God has for you. You've kind of had this type of attitude. God, I know you love me. I love you. And if that changes, you let me know and I'll let you know. That is not the life-giving love that Jesus wants to have with us. Why? Simple. Because in that moment, we can't give what we don't have. It needs to be a continual drip, a continual inflowing, a continual changing of us in God's presence and in his love. If the worship team wants to come up, we're going to close. Listen, this is, this is going to be real simple, but it it's also needs to be very important that you do this with me, okay? And I say with me because I need to do it too. I want you to do me a favor, just so there's no distraction. I want you to close your eyes. The worship team's going to just walk up. You know what they look like. You're cool, okay? 
And I want us to take a moment before the barbecues and before the fireworks and all those things and the red, white, and blue and all that's great fun and dandy, okay? But I want you to ask yourself a simple question. And please be honest, okay? Let's be honest with ourselves. Is my life an example of God's tough love? Or have I allowed the culture of this world Unfortunately, the culture of, our, of, of churches to make me comfortable and okay with an easy type of love. When somebody or something or an organization, maybe, I don't know, a church, and they do something you don't like, basically they're human. They, they, they mess up. Are you the first to cast a stone? When your spouse or your kids don't measure up to your standard, are you looking on the ground and say, what kind of a rock can I throw at them? Are you, when that happens, are you just looking to leave, looking to get out? You're just, you know, I don't have to put up with this. They don't deserve me almost type of an attitude. Because can, can I just, I'll just be honest. I'll be the honest one. I got the mic. I'll be honest. I love that way a lot of times. And I need to change. I need to let God kick out some of that easy love and bring in some of that tough love. That tough love that says, you know what? I'm not going anywhere. You know what? It doesn't matter if you love me back, I'll love you anyway. It doesn't matter if you can't give me anything, you still have my love. Eight years ago, today, about this time probably, I was kind of waking up because about 2.37 in the morning, A little boy came and changed Emily and I's life. And yeah, I held him in my sleeping slumber kind of, but you know what? I remember waking up and having that moment where I went, oh my goodness, we have a son and I'm a dad and oh, and, and, and all the fear and all the, how are we going to do this and what are we going to do and all these things. And I remember him placing Easton in my arms. But I was really awake, you know, for the first time. And I remember looking at him. And the love that began to pour out of my heart to this little life who could offer me nothing. And I began to hold him and I began to talk to him. And it was a love like I just, it was just incredible. And those of you that, that have children or, or grandkids, I mean, you, you know what I mean. Even aunts and uncles, I mean, you, you hold that little life and just, man, it just, it changes you. The love that God has for you and me is even greater than that. And we need to embrace it again.
and not only embrace it, but we need to start loving each other like that again. You know sometimes why it's so hard to do? Because quite honestly, we've kind of drifted a little bit away from the love of our Father that we need so desperately. So here's the thing. If you're like me and you answer, yeah, I don't, I, I kind of take an easy type of love, I got great news for you. No matter if you're going through an easy time or a hard time, got great news. Here's the news. You ready? Your God still loves you. His tough love for you is not run out. It is everlasting to everlasting. It's there for you. And you go, Aaron, I, I, I want to tough love some people in my life again. Okay, great. That's awesome. Here's how you do it. You connect again to God's tough love. So you can give what you have, not what you don't. So this morning, I'm not even going to ask you if you're living with a tough love or an easy love, because I just know I, I, you're all human beings, and I, I know how wonderful y'all are, but the bottom line is we're still human beings, and we all could use an extra little bit of tough love in our relationships. So I'm not even going to go there. I'm just going to ask that you and me in this moment, that once again, we connect to the IV of God's love. That we, for, we don't forget the depth, how high and how wide and how deep His love is for you. You go, Aaron, I don't know if I believe that. I'm going through a hard time. No, even in the hard moments, even in the difficult times, even in the great times, no matter what you go through, no matter what you are going through, God's love is there for you. If you're breathing, it's there. Doesn't matter what you've done. Doesn't matter how you've lived. It's there for you. And so what we're going to do is we're just going to open our hearts. What I'm going to invite you to do is open your heart to that love again. And allow the, the God that loves you to fill you up with that love. Thank you, Jesus. Fill us, God, right now. God, as we open our hearts to you, as we have the desire to love with that tough love, we know that it only comes from you. We know that we can do this. We can be tough enough to love with your help. And we know you'll help us. You promise you'd help us. When we call out to you for something like this, we know you will answer because you desire for this love to be on display. You desire for us to love like you did and do so that all the world will know who we are and how much you love them. So God, we look to you to do what only you can do. You're so good. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. You're so good. Thank you, God. Let's all stand.
and just as John and the worship team come, and they're just going to lead us in a quick closing chorus, not, not a lot, just a little bit. I'm just going to ask that even as you begin to worship, even as you begin to sing, even as you begin to connect with God in this way, that you would just continue to allow him to fill you up with his love. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. God, thank you for your love. Thank you for loving us so much. Thank you for sharing that and letting it give us life and just changing everything. But God, don't let us be hoarders. <laughs> don't, don't let us be people that grab your love and run off into the corner and hide with it. Let us be people that love like you do. Let us express that tough love. Not just when the going gets tough, but when the going is easy or when the going's in the middle. Let us live a life that learn your love, express your love, share your love, and let your love change everything in our world and in our community, in our country, in our home, and in our lives. Help us. That's what we need. We need that type of life-giving life changing love so help us give it to us father we need it we love you so much we thank you so much for this day this time all that it represents and we love you in jesus name amen amen awesome thanks so much for being here listen hope that you'll be able to join us at six o'clock tonight for some fun and some food and some fellowship and then later on maybe even some fireworks happy fourth of july it's so good to see you guys love you all for those that are online we love you hope that even if you weren't able to be here at church today that maybe you can come and meet us at six at gordon and alicia's house if you have any questions please let me know love you guys so much have a great week we'll see you soon